Welcome to the Full Dive Gaming Podcast, bringing you a full dive of all the news, discussion, and insights you need for virtual reality gaming. Our podcast is brought to you by Asterian Products. You got to know them by now. They're a top selling company on Amazon. They got all kinds of AR, VR accessories. I'm Jay Brat, I'm a VR YouTuber who's actually heading down to Orlando this week. Surprise, surprise. And I'm Matt Brat, a VR enthusiast who is very impressed with Demio and PSVR 2. And I'm Lipnox VR, a VR YouTuber who has been recently enjoying the Steam VR home environments. Checking some of those out. I've heard good things. If you're out there, you know our podcast. We're here to keep you up to date and everything VR. We, t- we answer a lot of questions lately from our communities. We tell you what's going on in the news and then, of course, the games that we've been enjoying recently. So if you're listening to us, remember, you can check our YouTube out once in a while, see all of our faces here, or vice versa if you need to take us on the go. Let, what, what's our first question here? So this one is all about the past, kind of. Uh, Chili's94 asks, recording and reliving memories in VR is slowly becoming a reality. Which memory would you like to relive in VR? And uh, honestly, for me, I kind of feel like I might have already done this because uh, using the uh, the Wander app, I was able to basically use that Google Maps type of thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we were doing the, the lockdown and I couldn't go anywhere you know i went back and visited the town i grew up in in vr and sort of went down the streets and yeah you know explored that whole thing and you know it was you know that's that's the kind of thing that i love i mean if i were to go further than that too i mean video stores i love video rental mm. stores and there's a great version of blockbuster in vr chat and on the <laughs> steam vr home environments there's an amazing video store that you can literally pick up like all the VHSs off the shelves and there's like thousand movies or more that's just scattered amongst the place and you can look at the boxes and th- those are where I'd be where if, if I could relive everything. But what, do you, what about you guys? Or you need to just come visit us in Oregon because we have the last blockbuster in the world here. It's like three hours, two and a half hours from us and we went there and it's like walking into the past. No joke. I've, I've watched a few videos of it, so... <laughs> <laughs> Nat, what about you? You got a memory you want to relive? I feel like I would just like to have like a 360 video of like being in Hawaii or something. Mm-hmm. That would be really cool. Or, you know, our wedding. That was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Re- so, revisit yeah, think... the uh, Lord of the Rings trail we went to. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was really fun. So, yeah, that would be really cool. And I know we talked about like a long time ago, just getting a 360 camera to like be able to revisit vacations and stuff. So I think that would be cool. Just vacations and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Especially they're starting to actually look good enough (laughs) for a long time. You got a 360 camera. It was a blurry mess, but it's finally catching up. I kind of feel the same way. Some of the spots we went in New Zealand would be cool. But for me, it really made me think about like how it felt to play those childhood games that I just love, like, you know, Mario 64 and Zelda Ocarina of Time. And there are kind of some options. I I want a proper game, obviously, but where you're inside the game. But there are some things even in VR chat that you can go do and go see some of the worlds from those games. And that can be pretty impactful if you had a game that you really loved as a kid and you haven't been able to play it much since then. And now you go visit in VR. That is that is a trip so that's Mm. that's about as close as we can get to that right now oh i thought of another one in high school i went on a trip to vienna with my orchestra Mm. and it was super super cool and i have a terrible memory so like i only remember like the basic stuff and i also took like two thousand pictures and i i'm not really sure where most of them are so that would be cool like i remember there were a couple performances there was like one that was in like this tent thing and like it was kind of funny because i think like people in the audience were drinking and stuff but like they were having such a good time and it was super fun so that would be cool. yeah epic party yeah oh so we have another question from chili's 94 asking well first saying your podcast is great to listen to thank you but there are <laughs> Are there any podcasts you guys would like to guest star on or a podcast to guest on your show? So we've actually had a couple podcast guests on our show and we've had like podcast super group episodes with Scuttlebutt podcast and Rough Talk. Rough Talk. I was going to say that, but I was like, is that right? Is that how <laughs> not the name? I am always like terrified that I'm going to have the wrong either name for a person or like a podcast or whatever. (laughs) Or mispronounce it or something. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So yeah. What about you guys? If do you, are there any specific cool podcast people you'd want to have on or guests? So so admittedly for, for me, I, I love podcasts, but the only VR one that I will ever actually watch is ours. (laughs) (laughs) 
I, I, I have in the past, you know, gone through and watched different uh, VR podcasts. And I would say that if, if there was one that I would be watching, if any of them, uh, it'd be the Virtual Boys podcast with uh, VR Grid and uh, Shughead Gaming. And I know they had a period where they weren't doing it and it seems like they're doing it again. So that would that'd be my answer for, for both like back and forth on being in it or having them on here. But in, in general, I mean, I, a lot of the podcasts I like are more like retro video games or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mystery things. And, you know, it, I funny enough, very seldomly actually watch VR content when I go on YouTube, despite that being my that you know, thing I create. <laughs> I know he has been on a bunch of podcasts. I definitely felt like it was a dream come true when I got to go on the Between Realities one. I think play PSVR without parole. I actually wouldn't mind hanging out with them. I think that would be pretty fun. Uh, and maybe a couple of the big VR podcasts, you know, F Reality and some of the other ones. But I, I my, my biggest dream is to have a true crime podcast made about me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Please no, because that would probably mean that you murdered <laughs> or, or, or was not murdered. murdered. Yeah, yeah, or went missing or something. I don't like either of those. <laughs> I, I, I did. I did recently see something in the news that some podcasters went missing because some stalker was after them. So, oh my god, maybe that'll. You, you just got to get real close to one of your fans, and <laughs> oh gosh, you, know, you, you just end up getting snatched up. We were just one, we were just watching a stalker movie last night right before bed, and then I had bad dreams. I was like, that was a mistake. <laughs> we didn't finish it either, which is even worse because a lot of times they end up where like they catch the guy or something like yeah. that. So it was yeah. unresolved. <laughs> He's still out there. <laughs> we got a several part question here from Jamie V Rex. What's the hardest part about doing content creation or even the podcast? What's rewarding about it? And what are some aspects about you don't think others are really aware of? of lip you've done content creation for a while you want to tackle that first one what's the hardest part so i think for me when it comes to the hardest part is finding things that i'm excited about making a video for Mm -hmm. and then actually making that video come together like i would love like Mm -hmm. so many times you'll watch youtubers and they've got this random cut of them doing this thing or that thing and it's like oh this just flows so well and you sort of think of it like oh this is no big deal but every single one of those shots they've had to adjust the lighting and move where they are and you know fix the audio for whatever reason like for Mm -hmm. me it's like i got this podcast mic i can't move it from where it is it is where Mm -hmm. it is uh so if i'm doing a shot that's not in front of my camera you know suddenly you know, I got to make sure I've got the, the the mic that's attached to the camera and it's going to be, you know, not as good quality. And then I have to edit it more and this and that. Mm. But then, you know, I think for me, the, the biggest thing that I find just huge difficulty with is if you are going to record yourself playing VR, you need to be facing forward mm-hmm. and then you need to make sure you're not hitting your camera. And then this is the thing I've never figured out. Uh, I guess I need to get some weird like audio box thing so I can have a, a mic on myself. But mm-hmm. uh, that's the biggest thing to me is I'm like, oh, well, I, the only way I can record audio is either with this mic in front of me and I have to not smash with my hands while I'm playing VR yep. or I got to use the Quest in built in mic, which is not good. So mm-hmm. it, it kind of leaves me with no options where I just I just tend to avoid making that kind of content and mm-hmm. you know I'll play the game do, get my you know gameplay session in have the video footage and then just record audio over that but i think th- those are the things that are the most difficult for me yeah yeah you need a mod mic on uh that's pretty much the solution for all vr youtubers yeah. who at least record on pc the problem is if you don't record it on pc then it's hard to use it for anything else but i think that i've seen a lot of rewarding stuff so nat you were always liked podcasts and now you're on one what do you find rewarding about it I just think it's fun. (laughs) It's nice to like get together and talk about stuff. And I think it's also helpful to like, for me, at least motivate me to try different VR stuff because I'll, as we know, I will get very stuck in like one thing and I won't try other games and other stuff. So I think it's really nice to help motivate me to play other stuff, which is cool. And then it's really nice too when like there's like this community of people and they're Mm -hmm. enjoying the podcast and that's really cool. Yeah, I love some of the comments. I love I love going on YouTube and being like, oh, what what comment did this person leave about this thing? Or, you know, we had had one episode, maybe it was the last one or a couple of episodes back and people were time stamping certain parts of the episode and Mm -hmm. commenting further on that. And I'm like, oh, it's like a having an expanded podcast in the chat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Yeah. 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 It's, it's very true, but also that's part of having our podcast on YouTube. I think that something that people don't really realize for the question of what do are people not aware of with a podcast specifically, you don't get much feedback if you don't also post it on YouTube or something like think yeah. of all the podcasts you've ever listened to out there. How many of those did you go join their discord and chat with them or even try to, you know, a lot of podcasts are so big. Did you even like try to somehow reach them in some way with YouTube? It's easy to leave a comment, but with a podcast, like we get, we get a decent amount of views on YouTube, but we get way more downloads. And I feel like of the, all those people that are downloading and listening, like there's, you know, a handful of them on discord. And I don't know who the rest of these people are, what they think about mm -hmm. it. If they want to see the different things, we just don't get that feedback yeah, that much. So it is, you don't realize that because as a YouTuber, you get tons of feedback, whether you want it or not. <laughs> and, and on a podcast, sometimes, sometimes it feels like, sometimes mean. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it feels like you're just kind of talking amongst each other and you don't really know how many people are listening or how far it's going until you meet someone that's like, oh, I've been listening forever. And I, I and they'll bring up stuff from some old episode, like, oh, I really liked when you talked about this. And you're like, I barely even remember talking about that. <laughs> but to, to, to them, it was something that really struck them. They really thought about it. So it's very different in that respect. It's funny. Yeah. The, the podcast I've watched the most of over the years has been going on for like 10 years and they just recently had their final episode. Oh, and I think wow. I've commented on episodes maybe three to five times. <laughs> I think I've watched 350 of them. I think I watched all 350. And oh my gosh. Barely ever did I comment or do anything. Because to me, it's like, oh, once they're so big, I feel like I'm, my comments just lost in the shuffle. Right. And I mean, you know, sometimes it's just, I don't, I, I don't really want a response. I'm just like, good work, you know. But then I'm like, uh, if I type good work, maybe that's not really enough of a comment. I don't know. I, it's a huge thing, though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I remember like hulu used to have or maybe they still do i don't know if you like watch something like on your computer you could do like comments mm -hmm. and that i remember was really cool and i kind of was bummed when i switched to like watching hulu stuff on the actual tv because it feels like you're like bonding with people when you like leave a comment you're like oh this person thinks the same thing as me Ooh, he, he, he. and so yeah, it is. It is definitely different not having that feedback in community, but that's why it's really nice. We have like the discord and can mm -hmm. chat with people. Join the discord if you want to <laughs> chat with us. <laughs> so uh, moving on from that, though, <laughs> ShaveDog247 has a question about Quest 3 and they're saying, do you think the Quest 3 will launch at 400 to $500? Because it will be the headset only and won't come with the controllers. And I don't know if there's been some news piece about the Quest Three not coming with controllers, but I mean, I, I would, I would definitely, I would definitely say that it's probably not a good choice for mm -hmm. Meta to release the headset without controllers. Even, even knowing that the Pro controllers can work on the Quest Two, uh, I, I just think that those those controllers they you know they have a shelf life and they are extremely expensive to try to replace on their own so either they bring down the price of being able to buy those controllers separately or you know just get, just give me controllers with the headset kind of want new yeah. controllers new headset new controllers it feels like a it's a thing yeah. yeah, headsets that have come without controllers have always been kind of sketchy and hand tracking, as we'll discuss later in this episode. It still isn't <laughs> isn't quite there. But I think what's there's no official news on this. I think what's happening is that people are getting really worried. They said the Quest Three was going to be three or four or five hundred. That was like literally their quote three numbers. But people are starting <laughs> to think with all the power they're saying it's going to have and stuff. How in the heck can they pull that off at that mm -hmm. price point? So people are kind of wondering: Will there be a four or five hundred dollar one that comes with no controllers? <sighs> In case you have the Pro or then a $600 one with the Quest 2 controllers and a $800 one with the Quest Pro controllers. Like, are they going to kind of tear it up in a way for those people that got the Pros? That. Yeah. It'll be like everything not coming with, I mean, a much worse version of everything not coming with a power brick anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This doesn't I, I have to come with it. controllers. You probably already have them. I don't see it happening, but I do see why people are worrying because the specs they're saying are going to be on this Quest 3. We're all like, how the heck are they going to pull off having it that cheap? I don't know. We shall see. Only time will tell. <laughs> so yeah. we have another question from Theron, who is one of the people from the Scuttlebutt podcast that was on one time. Um, we had a 
well, I don't think I was on that one, but that was a good one. So Theron asks, it seems like there's a lack of social VR apps such as VR chat on the PSVR 2. What options, if any, do PSVR 2 owners have for social VR? <laughs> Great question. Basically just like multiplayer games. You've got the Demio Heroes Hangout. Everyone needs to get Demio <laughs> and hang out in the Heroes Hangout because that's but pretty much all But the Heroes Hangout isn't in on PSVR too. Oh my gosh, you're right. We figured that out when we tried to play yeah. the other night. Yeah. Okay. I rescind well, you my answer. Update and get that in there. And Seriously, walkabout still Why isn't is on it. it. Yeah, uh, walkabout's coming soon. I think Among yeah. Us is coming soon. Uh, the one that I had was Zenith because you mm-hmm. know an mm-hmm. MMO is. You know, it's it's pretty much as close as you're going to get to something like Sword Art Sword Art Online, which is you know hanging out. But uh, and then and I guess No Man's Sky, you could say, is a good multiplayer kind of thing. <laughs> but the thing is, is someone have, they have to buy all these games, mm-hmm. and uh, you know we had Rec Room on PSVR one. It's I'm sure it's only a matter of time till it comes to PSVR two. Yeah. But I'm wondering with all this sort of metaverse creation apps, there's so many different random metaverse type apps on the Oculus Quest and on PC VR. I'm 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 curious when when one of them bridges over and actually goes on PSVR and and what Sony's stance on that is anyway because you know they did PlayStation Home and I, I would love to see them just reopen PlayStation Home but as a VR app. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm sure Rec Room's coming shortly. I'm sure they're working on it right now. But even PSVR One that was like one of the only social apps it ever had. You know, there's issues with getting VR chat on it from PC. Plus, a company like Sony has to think of the extra risk they're taking on with a lot of these apps and some of the the issues that come with them. So I'm sure Rec Room will be there. I still don't know if VR chat's ever going to make it. I I feel like I hope no so. Way. But also, there's if no you, way VR chat yeah, will. <laughs> and if and it's also just like on Quest or something, like if you can't get all the avatars and the environment stuff, VR chat wouldn't be the same experience anyways. Yeah. So yeah, I think that Rec Room will come, but I really hope maybe Sony will make something. But if they do, they need to publish it on the other headsets too. It can't yes. just be a Sony thing. No. So we'll see. Yeah. We only recently- time would tell. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we recently had somebody new join the Discord, Robbie Max. Robbie Max said, hi, everyone, and thank you for the warm welcome. I'm looking for the maximum play area size for the PSVR 2. Everywhere they're looking online, it shows that you can do a 2 meter by 2 meter minimum size, but they wanted to th- think about taking their PS5 outside and creating a massive play area that's only limited by the length of the tether. Has I would not have thought tried of this yet. Uh, so one of the other questions was how big can the player actually get? So I tried to measure it and it is a little difficult to do inside because you can push the player out as far as you can. And then mm-hmm. you have to try to like take a tape measure and it's, it's not easy, but I will say I was able to get the boundary all the way from the far wall to the other wall, which I had measured before was about 33 feet. I was able to get it just shy of that. So I think it's somewhere between 30 to 32 feet, which, which means how many meters. Well, that's uh, what, 10 meters total, but from the center, that's about five meters in either direction. And the cable is four and a half meters long. So theoretically, if you had the PS5 directly in the middle, you could utilize almost all of that space in every direction. But a couple warnings about taking it outside. One, it's probably not yeah. going to work. It's probably going to be too bright out or you're going to have to do it at like the twilight the best thing to do would be like if you can get all like rent a basketball court or borrow one at Mm. a gym or something or some big room you could do something like that it would be a little risky because you're going to be walking way out away from the ps5 which would be in the very middle with the cable all pulling on it so Mm. you'd want to find some way to set up the ps5 where it wouldn't fall off a table or whatever you've done to have it there Mm. it would be cool but it does remind you that the experiences like that are really left for quests still because it's just so much harder with a cable to have that kind of space around you and not tangle it up even around the ps5 itself which would happen yeah well the the other thing i gotta say too uh, i don't know if the psvr2 has the same issue but on the quest like if you take that outside and it gets in the sun those lenses are like magnifying glasses and they will burn the screen like the lens in like you destroy your headset so you really need to find the right time for lighting i will say i played my quest 2 outside i have a decent sized backyard here and i wanted to test it out when i moved here and it worked well enough, but like you need to turn the guardian off. You need to go to developer mode. You need to turn the guardian off because it was it is not going to recognize anything in this open mm. space. Like it, you really need the guardian off, and it, it worked. And I was able to sort of run around with my feet and do things. But it, you know, it's 
I, I think playing outside VR is a is a novelty at, at best. It is, and you also quickly realize how not big thirty two by thirty two feet is. <sighs> Even in the games that are designed for that, like, and you go play them in a in an open parking lot or something, you suddenly realize it's really not that much space. I mean, yeah. Yeah. that's what about a thousand square feet. I want to say, yeah. It's not that much. So if you really want to experience some of that, I'd recommend finding a zero latency if there's one near you yes, and go check them out because sure. they're set up for it. They've got, you know, most of them are at least around 2000 square feet and they have these games that are set up to do that. And that is an amazing experience. Yes. Zero latency for sure. And we should definitely just make sure we reiterate that very much have caution if you go outside <laughs> with your headset and is not recommended to do it and you could ruin your headset. So yeah. Yeah. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> you fall over. There's like a little random hole in your backyard, fall into it, just collapse. Yeah. You, you could die. Over, the PS5 crashes over. Just everything just collapses. <laughs> this outside canopy thing he's created just collapses in itself. It's just <laughs> domino effect. We're not then, responsible for any that injuries. Podcast episode yes. All about you that you were hoping for all along. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Uh, We got news to talk about, but we got to tell you about our sponsor. They've been a long supporter of the podcast, Asterian Products. They make headset stands, headphone stands, VR mats, and they've got new stuff in the works for the next generation of VR. Check them out on Amazon with code FULLDIVE10. You're going to save 10% on us. And if you don't have one of these beautiful glowing stands yet, what are you doing? Because we've got tons of them all over the place. So big news Basically, the Fortnite of VR, Population 1, is now gone completely free on the Quest 2. This game originally launched at $30 and has dropped to free to play. It's still on PC, but it is going from $30 to $20 on PC. And then, of course, Ooh. anyone on the Quest who had bought it before is going to get cosmetic credits and stuff to spend in-game. A lot more than $30 worth even to kind of make up for that. Lip, have you played Population 1 much? So I, I, I played it. Like right when it like before it actually came out, they mm-hmm. had like some beta thing, and I I played like an hour of the beta or something. And admittedly, I'm not great at competitive shooters, mm-hmm. and the optimization they were doing for the quest itself was clearly environments were lacking any any furniture or anything in the building. So I, I played for a bit. I didn't I didn't do especially well. I thought the game was cool though. I just it, you know it, it wasn't something I was going to spend the money on. That's why I hadn't really gotten into it. Uh, but I will say it is it is interesting how this how this has happened because they they're getting rid of Echo VR yep. and they're adding this to the free to play. But uh, I I read some comments on Facebook and apparently the the basically what has now happened is by making this game free they have essentially created a seventy percent player base of people under the age of fifteen now playing this game. Mm. So everyone that was already playing the game is now like, oh, well, you just ruined my game. The entire community (laughs) is 12 year olds. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The Gorilla Taggers took a break when they heard this was free. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I'd recommend playing this right now. Maybe give those kids a bit of time or find a group of people you can just play and party with your with your buddies. But I mean, that's the one good thing you can. Everyone Mm. that has a headset can play the game now. So Mm -hmm. just get in a private party, though. What do you think was the motivation behind this? Uh, I wonder if they knew about Echo uh, getting canceled and they went for that with this because it's probably several things. I mean, one, the game used to be more popular. It probably over time has started to dwindle, especially as you have to pay for it. They probably saw, oh, maybe they're making more money on cosmetics anyways. So they're like, you know, we're making a lot on cosmetics. We're not making much on the game anyways. We could open it to everybody. And especially as Echo is falling off, that is like the perfect time to make this game free mm-hmm. to play. Because all those people that wanted something competitive, team-based, and and somewhat active. I mean, Echo is really active. Pop one can be kind of active. All those people are going to be looking for something to fill that hole. And all of a sudden, here comes Population 1 going free to play. So mm-hmm. I think that was their motivation. And it's there's probably some deal with, with Meta 2 involved here behind the scenes that we won't know about. But it just makes sense right now. But yeah, the on Steam, the game used to have mostly positive reviews. And the recent reviews now are all considered mixed, which is pretty low for Steam. Mm-hmm. And it's not even free on Steam. So that makes you think that this isn't people who are getting the game suddenly and play. This is all of a sudden something in the game has changed. And I'm sure it's that community. Mm, yeah kids man 
and uh, ruin everything. <laughs> this podcast does does like kids, but not not the annoying ones. You know who you are. <laughs> ones that kids scream into the microphone for no reason. Yes, that is that is what we don't like. And <laughs> I almost wonder if I mean Meta was also like heavily advertising Gorilla Tag for the kids. Like, are they trying to get more kids? in because they know that kids are a big driver of sales yeah well they can't say they are because they say it's 13 and up only but they even said recently they were thinking about opening horizon worlds to more kids like teenagers of course say teenagers but they said that's they wanted more retention they wanted more people in and so they were going to allow young adults in too and so i'm sure there's like this double side of the coin where they're like oh we we say kids can't be in we say that we're not sure vr safe for kids yet but we really want the kids to be in there because of all the money Mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely the kind of pretend that it's not for kids yes the kids are gonna want to do it and making them Oh, you can't do it till you're older. That just makes it even more alluring. It's oh, yeah. I can't wait to play that <laughs> VR. Can't wait, but it's going to be amazing. You know, they see, yeah. their, see the YouTube videos, see their parents. Like, I can't wait to get this VR. They finally get it. And they're just like, yes, everything. Everything so is free, too. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the thing. And there's lots of there's lots of good free things. And that's that's another point. And I mean, there's there's a, there's a lot of apps. Like, I hate to say, but there's a lot of apps that I do not see someone old, over the age of 12 really getting into clearly <laughs> designed for eight years eight year olds to play so mm. I, you know it's just it is what it is oh <laughs> uh, yeah well there's some issues going on in the review section too because of this kind of stuff isn't there lip so so the meta is finally going through and looking at the reviews which i for the long mm-hmm. ever ever since i got the headset i always thought this was just an interesting fact because you know, despite it being essentially a game console, Meta does things totally different from game consoles. We can actually leave full written reviews, full star things, something I wish I had on every other platform. So, you know, if a game's good or bad, especially when you're dealing with indie titles that you're not, you know, having a huge, huge following for. It's like, yes, give me great written reviews. You know, give me some sort of idea if the game's going to be good or not. Well, you know, these these you can get a referral link now and share it with people if you have a game that the developer has decided to be like yes we'll do this referral program and you get like five dollars if someone clicks that link and then buys the game mm-hmm. and gets their 25 percent off discount well what they do is they just leave a review which is who knows if they even played the game because leaving that review as fast as possible for a new game is just money for you and mm-hmm. they just put that link in the review so people can in you know they can save 25 percent, which i don't think is what meta had hoped for the t- <laughs> referral program in the first place yep but it's just been clogging up everything mm-hmm. uh, but even before that i was amazed that they were allowing me to post my youtube links in the review thing i thought i was like oh this is, i'm getting away with murder here i can literally <laughs> share my thing here and if you post fast enough you're the main person and you're going to get a whole bunch of new people you know check out your videos and I was thinking, oh, I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get in trouble. Not not once. Uh, this I, this article mentions nothing to do with those ones. Seems yep. like their focus is just the referral ones. So, mm. you know, good on good on Meta for all that, because I don't want fake reviews all over the store. And I mean, yeah. I love I love the referral bonus thing, but it's going to super spam me on Facebook and everywhere, too. So, mm. yeah. And part of what's compounding the problem is the way these reviews work, kind of like Reddit or anywhere else to sort them out. There's a helpful button you can click underneath if you found it helpful, and that helps push that review to the top. Well, of course, yeah. whoever has saved you 25% on a game you were about to buy anyways, mm. people click helpful. Or yeah. there was an interesting thing, like when Bone Lab came out, it got really popular. <laughs> people were writing reviews that f- had nothing to do with the game. They were just writing stories in the reviews. They gave it five stars. And it was funny because I read this one that was like, my dad left me when I was a kid and it was a tough life without him and blah, blah, blah. But then Bone Lab came out and it brought my dad back and now we're back together. And the next review is I left my son years ago. I really didn't want to do it. But now Bone Lab is gone and I went back and I'm back with my son again. And it was just like, who are these people writing? But everyone's laughing so they're clicking helpful. They're clicking helpful. So it's like the top two reviews of the game had nothing to do with the game. So as, as, as entertaining as it is, it's not not ultimately helpful we need the reviews <laughs> to be 
useful and helpful because people who are taking the time to write a review need to be writing it for the right reason not to get yeah. more helpful clicks like that's how how are we social media find the review section of <laughs> oculus like come on that is pretty funny <laughs> Oh, dear. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully that will get that fixed and that will help because we're playing games and we're talking about games and we want to know which ones are good by the reviews. And speaking of, we just had Celine Tricart, developer mm-hmm. of a new game Fight Back on the podcast on our last developer spotlight. Her game came out this last week. It's called Fight Back. It's an app lab game. It's totally free. It can use hand tracking or controllers. And it's a game that takes you on this story you're a star and these shadows are after you and the other stars. But what you don't realize until you're either playing the game or you heard this podcast or read a review is it's actually teaching some basic tenets of self-defense in this. And so you're using your real hands to either block or push away or fight back against these shadows. Now, Lip, I know you got a chance to play through this. Did you choose hand tracking or controllers? Uh, so I did 90% of it hand tracking, and then I finished it off with the controllers just so I could get a full appreciation of the difference between the two of them. Smart. Which, I mean, th- there wasn't much of a difference because you're basically just doing the same motions with the controllers. Uh, but I will say that it was significantly more fun to see my hands moving, like individual fingers, which you mm-hmm. lose when you do the controller because it's just mm-hmm. open or closed fist. So I would I'd recommend the hands, if anything. Uh, I think that was slightly more enjoyable but both work fine nice well we we kind of went two ways i did hand tracking and then nat tried controllers so now what was your Mm -hmm. controller only experience like i felt like i would have rather done it hand tracking i actually accidentally did it with controllers (laughs) but there's like things that you do where you make like a triangle with your hands and when you're with the controllers it just kind of like does it but you're just kind of going like have your little fists on your (laughs) controllers Mm -hmm. so it doesn't quite get the same effect i feel like it's like okay i'm not actually doing this Mm -hmm. so i mean it was pretty close still but but yeah i i feel like i would have rather done the hand tracking how was how was it doing hand tracking the whole way through the game so the game opens up you're at the first menu and you're you got your hands out and it pops with menu and it's kind of intuitive because like you normally the control you think do i point do i click and with when you only have your hands i was like i guess i reach out and grab this menu and that worked me into the game and hand tracking, at least for me has worked pretty well. I played in my garage with good lights on and the garage has a concrete floor. I was on a black mat. And so my hands, my skin tone had plenty of contrast against it. So I think it was about as good as hand tracking could be. Now you get into it. And as you go through this journey, you learn new moves and things as you progress through. And the game is really pretty looking. Everything was it's like, I was pretty. impressed for how good it looked actually for an app lab game. They have voice the actors. Really in nice. it. Yeah. The background, the, even the enemies, like everything was surprisingly good looking, but mm-hmm. it reminded me that hand tracking just still isn't quite there <laughs> because the, some of the moves, the simpler ones that you start off with are really good and it works really well. But like when it came time to fight back and you throw in punches, I'm, I've been playing supernatural a lot. And so I'm firing these hard, really fast punches because I've learned what you have to do to get your speed percentage up. And every time I tried to throw one of those punches, it didn't work. I had to slow myself down and very intentionally throw a punch, which felt weird to me because I'm like, okay, I'm Mm. trying to fight these things. I feel like I should be throwing my best punches, but even warns you in the, in the main menu, it says, if you're using hand tracking, do do, avoid quick, fast movements. But it was hard to untrain myself after all this time of like throwing these punches. I had to like really deliberately throw it in the, in the angle that I was supposed to. And it Mm. made for a bit of a frustrating experience there. Yeah. Overall, most of them, because like your blocking motion, your hands go up and that it recognized pretty well. The hand triangles was kind of the perfect thing. It recognized that pretty well. But it's still the whole time I kept asking myself, should I be playing this with controllers? Because I feel like I'm really struggling to tell the game exactly what move I want to do and when. And that was the tough part. I kind of felt like I ran into the same thing with the controllers. Like Mm. I felt like the punching (laughs) did not feel good. It was like, it's not okay. I'm doing it. And it was like, it lets you do the punching once you do like a fist, but it like takes a little bit. You have to do, you have to wait until there's like these little rings that you punch through and Mm. one is up here and one is down here. It doesn't feel very natural and it doesn't always work. And the enemies have to be close to you. And I kept, it kept saying like, Oh, the enemy needs to be closer or something. And then it worked when it was saying it wasn't going to. And it was like, that was kind of annoying. Did that happen for you too, Lip? 
Oh yeah, that was so. <laughs> I realized what it is is a cooldown. So she'll oh, stay like breathe okay. afterwards because mm. you can literally hold the controllers together with the two like pieces together like that. And after that cooldown, the controllers vibrate, and you can go like this and keep. And you can basically oh. maximize how often you'll do it. But even knowing that, and even doing that exact thing, it still feels like some weird like delay thing where I'm just like I, I you know, in a, in a lot of ways. I, I kind of wish that the motion controls weren't as involved and repetitive as they are, because mm. near the end of it, you have to do like that shockwave thing over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it's like, just, you know, let me do it a couple of times and be done with it. I don't, yeah. you know, when it doesn't, when it's, it's not built for spamming, you know, but then you're having, you right. have this big fight and like, I mean, I guess it was good exercise. <laughs> I also felt like the block thing, you have a a block move where you put like your arms in a cross in front of you. And I felt like it wasn't working for me. Maybe I was just doing it too late because I did find that if I just stood there for a while with the block thing, then it would work. But if you like wait for the enemy to like start sucking your light from you, then it wasn't doing anything. And I was like, this is annoying. (laughs) So yeah, I found I definitely found some of the controls kind of frustrating. I actually really liked the shockwave thing where you have your hands in a triangle and go. I thought that felt cool to do. But I wish it worked better because if if every time that I did this went and it sent out the shockwave thing and it felt super like natural. Mm-hmm. I would have, I would have loved that mechanic. I've been like, yes, give me more enemies. But it, yeah, I'd be going like, no, no, didn't work. No, didn't work. No, didn't yeah. work. All right, got it this time. <laughs> right. Ugh. Yeah. It just it it's not built for like quick. Yeah. It's supposed to be like slow and deliberate. But you also when you're like getting close to the boss fight thing, there's like all these shadows around you. And I'm we're used to games where you got to get them. You got to go turn around and get them quick. And it's like. And I know when we were talking with Celine, she was saying like this wasn't necessarily built for gamers. It's like built for people that aren't really gamers so they Mm -hmm. can still get this experience. So I think maybe for non-gamers, it would be less frustrating, actually, because they're they it would be more natural for them to do like slower, more deliberate movements. So but we're all gamers. So, yeah. And and that was, it was very clear to me. It also was meant to be something for people who are new to VR. The movement was yeah. gentle. The game pace was very slow off the start. Yeah. Like there was a time where I was like, okay, when are we going to get to it? And this was supposed to be the time where you're in shock and awe looking around at how pretty it is and stuff. And for those of us mm-hmm. who VR has worn out a little bit in that aspect, we were like, okay, let's get to the game. Let's see what this has to offer. Yeah. I think that the game has a really good message. I had a very mm-hmm. emotional ending. Yeah. There was some choices I questioned a little bit. You know, there there's this voice that's like the voice in your head kind of narrating yeah. as you go. And it was like a kid's voice. And I was like, why is this like a kid's voice to me? And I didn't really relate to that voice. So I didn't I even realize at first that was supposed to be my inner monologue. I thought that was some other voice. Uh, Nat, how did you feel about that voice? I, yeah, I thought it was, it was kind of confusing because at first, like it says that this voice is like part of you Mm -hmm. and it, and it is just kind of, like you said, inner commentary. And then every so often it'll whisper and be like, I can't do this or like Mm. things like that. And I actually found that I, it made me really sad. Like I was surprised it actually really affected me. Maybe partly because we just had a time change for, um, (laughs) uh, what is it called? Daylight savings. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) We just had a time change for daylight savings. So maybe I was just tired this morning doing it, but I was like, Oh, that's so sad. And so I, I don't know. I, I thought that added to it, but I, it was kind of confusing because it's like, okay, you have the shadows that are supposed to be your enemy. And then you have this inner monologue that's saying, I can't do it. But then you have these outside people saying you can do it, which I guess is kind of like true to life. But I did like they had, it seemed like a lot of times when they had the little inner monologue being like, I can't do this, blah, blah, blah. There would be outside things saying you can do this. And then there were like these quotes, like in between like the battle thingies that were like inspiring quotes that were cool. So I liked those. But yeah. 
It's meant to be more of an emotional journey, I think, than an actual game. And it delivers on that front. And it's also free. So, I mean, we shouldn't critique it as if we had to pay for this. It's totally free and it just launched. So I'm guessing some of it can also hopefully be fixed a little bit through software updates and stuff too, because the the movements were definitely a little clunkier than I wanted them to be. Mm -hmm. But I would still say if you're out there and you're curious, like if any of this piques your interest, it is worth doing once. It took maybe a half an hour to yeah, get through it. Yeah, it's pretty it. short. So it's not even that much of a time investment. But yeah, it, you'll just know going into it, especially if you're going to use hand tracking. Hand tracking is not perfect <laughs> as it is. And some of the movement in this game feels untraditional to a constant VR gamer. Yeah. But I still think for the ending, for some of the inspirational stuff, yeah, I still found good. it worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So I would say... Check it out. Fight your way through it, even if it's a bit of a struggle. Finish it, and then we'd love to hear your thoughts because I am curious what other people will think. The game so far mostly has five-star reviews. It started off strong with only five stars, and a couple one-stars have crept in and kind of hurt that by saying kind of some of these same things. The hand tracking was struggling, or they didn't like the the narration to them didn't resonate, things like that. So, mm. yeah. the. We've got other games to talk about, though, right? Lip, you said you were playing something you really wanted to tell us about. I'm curious what it is. So in in this trend of me loving watching screens and things like that in VR, which is just every time I just have to try them out. Uh, I was looking <laughs> around for just something neat. And uh, and th- there's a there's an upcoming game that's coming out later this month for VR which isn't the game I'm talking about called Not for Broadcast, which is this FMV game where you're doing some, some narrative thing involving, uh, you know, like TV station or the news reporting or something, but it looks really cool. And I was like, I, w- I want to see if, you know, I want to find something else that's kind of like that. And I found this game called Case Files, The Death of Paulette Williams. And Ooh. it's one of these things where you're basically uh, watching interview footage from CCT cam kind of things. I've heard of uh, this. It's all it's all just acting. Uh, it's not expensive. I think it's like six bucks or something on Steam. You can play it in VR or non VR, but it's just it's kind of one of those things. You're sitting in you know the police office thing, watching a video screen. Then you have your second video screen that you can rewatch clips that you've already gone through. And admittedly, you go through and there's two choices and then deciding the who you think did it part essentially there's one right answer but each one of these choices you make has like an ending segment where you see you know the two people there's two people that you suspect uh, of doing the thing i I don't really want to spoil the storyline took me about an hour to play through and i totally i got it i got it wrong the first time so i went through and did it again but the thing is that's nice is at any moment you can uh, turn on this option to skip the, mm. uh, the videos. So if you just want to go through and just, you know, like you watch the video already and you, or you're just getting bored of watching the video, you can <laughs> skip ahead there. Uh, the video footage looked looked pretty good in VR and it gave me a couple things to play with. There's like a drawing board in the back. There's uh, like a like a whiteboard kind of thing. There's a little like cell phone thing with a boom box that plays lo-fi music. And Ooh. then there's some sheets that have, you know, a sort of recap of some of the evidence from the case and I, I have this weird addiction on YouTube where I, I really enjoy watching some of these like a police interview kind of things mm. and this was one where it was putting me in that position to, to feel like I was part of it I, I would not go and say this is the best thing ever but <laughs> for the the small price tag it is it's, it's pretty cool and if, if you're looking for something like this you know, I, have, I haven't really played or found that many things that gave me this kind of experience in VR. And that that's kind of fun for me. That sounds cool. It has great options. It actually even has, if you press the left stick, uh, it, your height goes down. Or if you press the right stick, your height goes up. Mm. So it like lets you fix your height in the app. And I, I super love that. I had That's seen nice. this back when it I think it came out flat first and I thought, man, if this comes to VR, I'm going to do this. So now knowing <laughs> that it's actually there, I've got to go check this out because I was really curious about back in the day. And some, I think some YouTubers might have even played that I was watching at the time. And I was like, no, mm-hmm. I'm going to wait. So I'm going to do this myself. This is something that's not going to be the same if you've seen someone play through it. So I'm pretty mm-hmm. excited yeah. to check that out. It's it's only on Steam, right? Like it's not anywhere yeah, else. It's not, not on. I haven't seen it anywhere for Quest yet. And and again, it's it's I think it's like eight dollars Canadian. So it's probably like six bucks American or something. Not not expensive at all. And I mean, uh, that not that I recommend doing this, but given the length, if you 
played it and didn't like it, you might be able to use Steam's refund system <laughs> up to two hours. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually on PS4 because I, I think that's where I originally saw it. Mm. But I'm looking right now and it's actually on App Lab, which I didn't know. Oh, it is on mm. App Lab. Six dollars on App Lab, same price. Only three oh, wow. ratings so far. Most of all of them actually are five and four stars. So yeah, I think I'll just get it on App Lab actually and try this out because I'm, yeah, I'm very curious perfect. about it. Use all that referral credit. <laughs> I've got like three hundred dollars yeah. in referral credits, and I did <laughs> not spam them in the reviews. I I just got these through actual referrals. So yeah. That's exciting now. I'm going to try that on App Lab and report back what I think because I've I really wanted to play this when I saw it on PS4 and I was like, I'm going to wait because I know someday it might come to VR. Yeah, like nice. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say like set your expectations to stun, but you know, <laughs> it's 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 worth the hour I spent in it. And if you like that kind of content, you know, it's it's fun to watch. It's fun to play. <laughs> yeah, nice. I'm, I'm into it because I'm just I like mystery stuff. I like things like yeah. that. So I think it'll be something even if it kind of sucks, I'll still get something out of it. That's how I <laughs> felt about it. <laughs> We finally, well, we've been playing a lot of Demio, but Nat finally got to try it on the PSVR. She, I let her use the Quest Pro, you know, being all nice of me. I was like, oh, why don't you use the wireless Quest Pro? But she ended up on the PSVR mm-hmm. last time and she was like, I got to talk about this. Yes. And I'm so sorry, everyone. I just have to talk about Demio all the time, apparently. <laughs> If you don't want to hear more about DBO, just skip to the end. But so, you know, I was actually very surprised with and very impressed with how good DMO looked in PSVR 2. And I actually much prefer it to even being in the pro playing because it's so much more comfortable. Like when I am in the pro and playing DMO, because when you're playing DMO, you're playing for hours. Mm-hmm. Like two, three hours. And the pro gets so freaking uncomfortable, even though it's so much lighter than even the quest Two, I have to like push it up, push it down. And then it like turns the screen off because it thinks that I took the headset off and it's super freaking annoying. And so I in the PSVR two, it's just so comfortable. I don't have to mess with it at all. It looked so freaking good. I was amazed. And we played the the campaign that's in like the pretty foresty area that's my favorite that's like the prettiest one so but it looked really really good one thing that was interesting that i noticed is that the little figures they looked amazing so i wanted to like look at all their details but if i brought it up close to my face they were really blurry so i felt like i had like just been to the eye doctor and gotten you know the drops in my eyes so i couldn't see close or something it wasn't like you had to hold it like way far back or anything but it had to be like I feel like at least like a foot away or something. Otherwise it got super, super blurry. So that was really interesting to me. And I, I wondered if it had to do with the, the eye tracking or something like that, or like just getting the controller too close to the headset. I don't know. But as long as you didn't do that, everything looked amazing. And the Mura got to talk about that. It still was like, you could still you obviously can see it, but it's only like in certain colors that you notice it more. So I noticed it more like in the basement. If you're like looking up at like the, the upper wall or something when it's like kind of light Brown, you can kind of notice it. But I kept looking around. I kept getting distracted just looking around. Cause I was like, man, this looks so good. And I was probably annoying everyone because I was just like, you guys, this looks so good. And I was playing with all everyone else was in quest. And so I just kept exclaiming. But yeah, I, th- I guess that was the main thing. It's just everything looked really, really good. So I, I had to mention that. So if yeah, you have clear. PSVR 2, definitely get Demio. Crystal say, if you have clear, VR at all, get Demio. If there's, yes. a, if there's even if there's a non-VR version they end up making, you got to get that too. Seriously. <laughs> Every version of Demio humanly possible. Although yes. I will say I played it on PS5 flat and it is not the same. <laughs> It is a game that VR adds so much to it that, like, unless you're a hardcore board game on console enthusiast, I don't know that I would go out of my way to ever play it flat, which I hate to say. I would do it if I had friends over and I only had a couple VR headsets. I would play flat to play with them. That's the only way I would do that. But when you play this game in VR, it's so good. Mm-hmm. And it's on so PSVR good. 2, it's it looks nice. You got the headset haptics. If your character gets down, you feel your yes. head get hit, even oh though it's gosh. your little board piece, but just adds it's to great. it. It's great. Yeah. It, that really did. I forgot to talk about that, too. Yeah, that really adds to it. And it's like when stuff happens, it's like, and it's like, woo, 
whoa, how exciting. <laughs> and like, I kept like scrunching myself down because you can like scroll, kind of scroll out or scroll in to get like closer or farther away from the board. And I kept like getting as close as I could because I was like, ooh, everything looks so good. So yeah, I was just so excited. And I, I am still curious. might. So they, in the quest version, I've seen they have the pass through mode that you can still play Demio in. Can you do that on the PSVR 2 version? I don't think so. Do you know? I figure because of the space, it might not be a thing they had, but. Uh, let's. The live try. test. Are you going to try right now? It shouldn't take oh me very long gosh. to figure it out. I'm going to say not yet <laughs> because the option didn't seem to be there. But uh, hopefully in the future, because it wouldn't be that hard with the implementation and the pass through so clear, it would actually look yeah. really good in it. Mm -hmm. So I think the problem that it's missing is that on the quest, you can map where your table is that you're playing on. Mm. And on the PSVR, it doesn't necessarily have mapping features, at least that I know of. So maybe it would let you set it where you want to. But for now, I don't think it's an option. Yeah. Oh, one last thing I wanted to mention that we mentioned, um, like in the top of the episode, party mode that, thing, right yeah there's no heroes hangout mm -hmm. so you can't go in the heroes hangout and like just chill with people or like paint little figurines and stuff so that was a bummer because we were actually like waiting for a person to come in and like oh yeah let's go in the heroes hangout while we wait mm, nope not an option yet not hopefully. yet <laughs> anyway As i just had to I had to go on and on about that. Had to talk about Demio yet again. <laughs> That's why if you don't have it, you got to get it. But unfortunately, as much as we love talking about VR and playing VR, Nat and I bought the Office Lego set. And so we're going to go build that today. Which Outside like TV show, The Office? Yeah. Yeah. They made a Lego oh, set. That sounds amazing. Where you build The Office. It has the characters and it has like all these Easter eggs in it. Like one of the pieces is the jello with the stapler in it. And like there's a hole in the wall where Andy punched the wall. And there's just a million little references. It's almost 1,200 pieces. So that's going to well, be. I will say for anyone that doesn't have this, uh, this amazing Lego set to build, you go on Steam VR Home environments, there's a pretty perfect if it's, it's pretty perfect version of the entire office layout with what? everyone's office desks and everything and it's amazing if you if you love the office you gotta you gotta get in there and check that out too okay well Sweet. apparently you know how it is you the can, lego one you can do some <laughs> vr and some legos that is so awesome i just it's so random that we're doing that but i gotta say it's like it just came out the lego set and it's probably gonna sell it instantly so if you're a big office fan and you want to get one i couldn't believe i actually got one so might be something to think about <laughs> But I can't believe they made that, but it's it sounds it sounds perfect. I'll have to send you some <laughs> pictures of it. I almost thought I was like, this has no relevance whatsoever, but I almost want to make a video about this thing because it's just so cool. Do it. I mean, <laughs> you, can, you can compare that that VR world with. Oh, the, oh there you go. go. Yes. There you go. Perfect. I'll, I'll call it the I office am. in VR versus the office in real life. And when it comes to the in real life shots, I'll just zoom in super close on the Legos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Perfect. No one will know a thing. <laughs> well, if you're out there and you want to talk to us, you know, we've said in the early in the podcast, it's different with the podcast because you don't get all that interaction feedback. But if you want to interact and give us feedback, I mean, we even went actually uh, and hung out with we've hung out with people mm. from the discord before yeah. in person. So hit us up on the discord. Check us out there. You can even but don't become a stalker. Don't become a stalker. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay this is going too far we want to say thank you if you're watching us on youtube or if you're hanging out on the audio platforms we really appreciate it because there's all these people that are listening and we don't know who everyone is because it's a podcast but we love that you're there so thank you and if you've been thinking about vr it's time join one in join one in